most of the heavy lifting in a launch happens in that 60 to 90 days. And the content that you share in that launch, that has the power to make or break the success. Welcome to Socialette. I'm your host, Steph Taylor. As a launch strategist and digital marketer, I've learned a lot of lessons the hard way while building a seven-figure online business. If you're an overwhelmed business owner struggling to scale while also keeping your clients happy, this podcast is for you. Join me as I share actionable advice for creating an online business that feels good and brings you so much joy. Are you on the list to get my daily biz boosters? Every day, I'll send you a bite-sized prompt that is designed to help you grow your business in a more intentional way. Sign up at stephtaylor.co slash dbb or at the link in the show notes. Hey, welcome back to Social Let. This is episode 512. Today, I'm talking about the kinds of content to post in a launch because I know this is something that comes up time and time again. What should you post in a launch so that you're not giving it all away for free? And what should be the difference between your free content and your paid content? I'm constantly asked these questions. So I'm super excited to dive a little bit deeper into what exactly to post in your free content in a launch. So let me be a little bit specific here. When I talk about your launch, I'm not just talking about what happens when you've finished creating your product and doors are open and it's available for sale. When I talk about a launch, I mean that 60 to 90 days leading up to doors open. So in that 60 to 90 days, you really have an opportunity to nurture your audience and get them to the point where they need to be to be ready to buy when doors open. And you might be thinking, well, once I've created my course or my membership or whatever it is that you're launching, you might be thinking, well, I don't really want to wait another 60 to 90 days to get it out there. And you don't. One of my favorite ways to launch and create a digital product is to launch it first and then create it once people buy it. Or alternatively, launch it and create it at the same time. So use that 60 to 90 days while you are launching the product to create it at the same time. That is a great way of validating whether anybody will pay money for it so that you're not wasting time and energy creating something that you're not sure people even want to pay money for. So when I'm talking about the content in today's episode, I want you to keep in mind a couple of key principles that I live by when it comes to content. And firstly, that is not creating content for content's sake. I see this way too much where people are like, I need to post on Instagram five days a week. And then they get to about day three and they're like, oh, I've got nothing else to say, nothing interesting to say. I'm just going to reshare this quote that I saw posted on this other person's Instagram. And they reshare this quote and it's just noise. There's nothing unusual about it. There's nothing interesting about it. We don't want that. We don't want to contribute to the noise. I would rather that you posted once a week and it was a really good quality post than tried to post every single day. And the other thing that I mean when I say not content for content's sake is that it's not just saying the same thing that everybody else is saying. It's non-obvious content. So how can you post content that is different to what others in your industry are already saying? 
The other thing to keep in mind is that I would love it if your content wasn't aimed at everybody. It wasn't aimed at the broadest audience possible, but instead it's clear who it's not for and it's very clear who it is for. So rather than trying to talk to all business owners, maybe you're just talking to health and wellness e-commerce owners. So picking that niche and making sure that what you are posting is spot on for that right person. There will be more than enough of the right person. And I know it can be really scary deciding to niche down and it can bring up all sorts of doubts. Like, am I niching? Am I too niche? Is anybody going to want to, is anyone going to want to buy this? Are there enough people who will want to buy this? Those fears are very valid, but it's also you trying to keep yourself safe. And what I've found is that niching tends to have the opposite effect to what we think it will. We think it's going to limit the number of people we can serve, but it actually means we end up helping more people because it's super obvious that we are the right fit for the right people and it becomes an instant no for the wrong people. And that's a great place to be when you are launching anything. And my last little key principle to keep in mind while I'm sharing these types of content and while I'm going through this episode is that you can choose what content platforms you want to be on. You don't have to be on social media if you don't want to. You don't have to be on Instagram if you don't want to. Pick one place that is really comfortable and safe for you to share on. For me, my podcast is my main place to share. And if I feel like it, I'll post to Instagram. I also send emails to my email list a couple of times a week. And that and my podcast alone That's all I aim for in terms of content. And then anything else I do over and above that is like a nice to have extra bonus. And it's been such a shift for me because I used to be very similar to many of you where I thought, oh, I have to post a certain number of posts each week on Instagram. Otherwise, people won't follow me. People won't like me. The algorithm won't like me. And what I actually realized was that I didn't really see any... um. I didn't see really any results from showing up that much. And what was happening is we were putting out content that was content for content's sake, just so that we could say, oh, we've shown up, we've posted three times a week. And when I say we, I mean me and my team. Now I post when I feel like it. And those posts that I make tend to get better engagement because I'm not just posting for the sake of it and I'm not contributing to the noise. So if you don't want to be on social media, you don't feel inspired to be on social media, that's cool. You don't have to be. All right, so let's talk about the types of content to post in a launch. The very first type of content to post in a launch, and it's probably going to be the majority of your content that you share during that launch, is content that teaches your audience what they need to know to be ready to buy your digital product. So if we think about point A being where they are right now, where they are today. They're struggling with a problem or they desire some kind of transformation. Point C is when they have completed your course or your program and they've achieved that result that you are teaching them to achieve. So let's say I have a dog that won't stop barking. That's my problem. Point C is that my dog has stopped barking. Now, where most people go wrong with their launch content is they try to take people straight from point A to point C. They try to take people from where they are right now with their problem to having solved that problem or achieved that that transformation in their free content. 
But there's a point B in between. And point B is that point where they are ready to buy. That point B is where they are ready to start taking action to solve that problem or get that transformation. And most people skip over it. They don't realize that actually people might not be ready to start taking action to solve that problem or make that transformation. There might be a few other things that they need to know or believe or understand first. So this is a big misconception is that we need to show people how much value is inside our digital product by giving bits of it away for free. And this is such a misconception. They don't need to learn the things that you are teaching inside your digital product to be ready to buy from you. Your product solves a problem or delivers a transformation and your ideal customer currently believes certain things about this problem or this transformation. For example, uh, a problem that I have had in the past is that my business felt like a hot mess and I believed that I was just a disorganized person. So there was no point putting systems in place or trying to sort it out. I was just always destined to have a hot mess of a business. And in at that time, you could have given me all of the free content in the world about how to set up processes and how to create systems in my business and make it organized and make it streamlined. But I wouldn't have started paying attention or started implementing any of it until I understood that actually it's possible for a a disorganized person like me to have an organized business. So I could have even been motivated and thought, yeah, I'm going to buy this course about it. But for as long as I don't believe that it's possible for me, I'm never going to be able to achieve that result. Another example. So let's look at a transformation example. That was a problem example that I gave you before. Let's look at a transformation example. Let's say the transformation I want is to be able to run five kilometers without stopping. I personally don't think I can achieve that because I have tried and I have failed. I've run in the past, but I've always needed to stop and walk for a while. But maybe you as the expert know that I am making a mistake. Like maybe the mistake I'm making is that I'm trying to run five kilometers when I haven't been on a run in six months. Like I'm trying to go from zero to five Ks straight away when actually I need to be starting with one kilometer. And by trying to go from zero to five, I'm ruining my chances of achieving that transformation I want to get. Great. This is perfect content. Like a content idea for you would be then to tell me, why this is a mistake. Tell me the big mistake that I'm making in trying to run the whole 5Ks and don't try and teach me how to go from zero to 5Ks in your free content. So to come up with these kinds of content ideas, pay attention to what's going on in your audience's lives. How is that problem that they've got showing up for them? Or what do they believe about the transformation? What do they currently believe about the transformation? Do Do they think, oh, this is just not possible for me or I've tried everything in the book and it's just never going to be something I can do? Maybe they are currently trying to solve the problem or trying to achieve the problem and they're making mistakes. Great. What are those mistakes? Tell them about the mistakes. Explain why it's a mistake. Maybe they have myths that they believe. Uh, Maybe for me, a myth that I believe about um, running five kilometers is that I'm just not a runner. I'm not built like a runner. So great. Now tell me why that's a myth. Tell me why it is possible for me to run 5Ks and there's no such thing as being built like a runner or not. And what misconceptions do they have about the problem, solving the problem, achieving the transformation? Brainstorm all of these and you will have more than enough content ideas 
for your launch. I take my students in Launch Magic through an exercise where they are identifying all of the content to share in the lead up to opening doors. And it's always like this brainwave where they realize actually there is so much content that they can share that other people just aren't talking about. And that's a great place to be. All right. The second type of content to post in your launch is content that grows your email list with the right people for your digital product. I don't give a crap how many followers you have in your launch. Okay. You could have 10 followers. Great. That doesn't mean you're going to have an unsuccessful launch. Your email subscribers, that is what I care about. That is where the real value in your launch is. Your social media posts, if you think about it, like how many people are your posts really reaching? If you look at your analytics, I mean, I I know mine reach like 5% of my audience, if that. That's such a tiny percent. Whereas my email open rates, they are consistently 20 to 30%. I have an email list called the Daily Biz Boosters where I send an email every single day and these get a 50% open rate. Imagine if you were posting something on social media and the algorithm was showing it to 50% of the people who followed you, right? So I don't understand why everyone's just so obsessed with building their following when email is just such a powerful tool and it's still working. We're not at the whims of algorithms. Now, once you have grown your email list, you need to make sure that you are sharing content that teaches your audience what they need to know to be ready to buy your digital product. So the content we looked at in the first tip in this episode, those mistakes, those myths, those misconceptions. And some examples of content that will grow your email list is typically going to be content that has some kind of call to action to download a freebie, also known as an opt-in or a lead magnet. Now, do you have to have a lead magnet? No, you do not. You can still build your email list without having a lead magnet. However, a lead magnet does make building your email list easier because it's very challenging to find somebody who has only just come across you for the very first time ever and is also willing to give you their email address straight away. It would take a little bit longer to get them onto your email list and you would have to nurture them elsewhere. Whereas if you have a lead magnet, you can bring somebody onto your email list and then nurture them using email as a form of content rather than having to constantly post to social media or nurture them elsewhere. Now, a lead magnet does not have to be a PDF. It doesn't have to be a video series. It doesn't have to be a webinar. There's no specific type of lead magnet you have to create. It can take on so many other forms. I've seen awesome quizzes, mini courses, even uh, gated blog posts, long, long form blog posts where you have to opt in to be able to read the entire thing. So it doesn't have to be an ebook. It doesn't have to be that video series. For example, now a piece of content that I might share with you to grow my email list would be a podcast episode walking you through some of the steps in planning your digital product idea. And then from that episode, I might say, if you want to continue working through these steps, download my free digital product kickstart kit. It's a workbook that steps you through how to create a digital product step by step. The third type of content to create and share in a launch is content that addresses any hesitations your audience might have about buying your digital product. Even once your audience knows you, likes you, and trusts you enough to buy from you, 
they will still probably have some objections to buying your particular digital product, whatever it is that you are selling. And there are some objections that apply to pretty much every kind of digital product that you are launching. Time, I don't have enough time right now. Money, oh, I don't have enough money right now. Uh, will this work for me? Is this applicable to somebody like me? That's always going to be an objection. And another one that I've noticed creeping up quite a lot in the digital product space lately is, oh, I already have too many courses I haven't completed or too many eBooks I haven't completed, etc. So those are going to apply regardless of what you are launching. And I will do another episode. Uh, I've, I think I've already spoken about it a bit on this podcast, but I'll do an episode dedicated just to this in the future about how when somebody tells you they can't afford your digital product, it's probably not that they can't afford it. Um, it's just that they don't prioritize it. Anyway, that's a complete different topic for another day. Now, there will also be some hesitations or some objections that are, are specific to the topic you are teaching or specific to the product that you are delivering. For example, if you are a dog trainer, an objection you might get would be, does this work for big dogs or does this work for German shepherds? Does this work for older dogs? These are very specific objections and Often these objections are disguised as questions. So when you are launching, start paying attention to what kinds of questions people are asking. And then the next time you launch that same product again, you can now preempt these objections and you can address these questions, these objections in your launch content. And this is one reason why I love launching the same product multiple times, because the first time that you are launching it, you have to guess what their objections might be. But then in subsequent launches, you have actual insight from the previous time you've launched it and you have customer intel that you can work with. So some examples of content that would address a hesitation. If we look at, for example, Launch Magic, my signature course, a big objection that I get with this when I launch it twice a year is I'm too busy with client work to launch anything. So a piece of content I could share here would be how I created and launched my first online course while I was working a part-time job and running a marketing consultancy. Or another one might be, um, I'm launching a group program. Will this work for me? And a type of content I could share here would be five types of digital product that you can launch using this same framework. All right. The fourth type of content to share in a launch is content that showcases what's possible for your audience. Even if your product is amazing and your audience wants it, they might, they still might not believe that it's possible for them to achieve that transformation or solve that problem. And an objection might be that, is this possible for someone like me? I don't know if I can achieve this. And testimonials and case studies become a really great form of content here. So interviewing a past student or a past client on your podcast and sharing their journey. Where were they before they signed up? What was the process of solving that problem or achieving that transformation? What kind of steps did they take? What kind of obstacles did they face? And what was that end result? The idea here is that the person listening might be able to relate to this other person's story. They might hear the starting point and think, oh, that's me too. I also tried a million solutions and thought it was never possible for me. But if this person managed to achieve it, maybe I can too. 
So we want them to start to realize that this is possible for someone like them as well. So there you have it, four types of content that you can share in a launch. Remembering that that launch starts 60 to 90 days before doors open. And it's not just trying to sell, sell, sell after doors open, because if you're leaving it until then, you've left it too late. Most of the heavy lifting in a launch happens in that 60 to 90 days. And the content that you share in that launch, that has the power to make or break the success. So that is it for today's episode. If you have any friends who you think would learn a thing or two from today's episode, please do tell them about this episode. Do tell them about Social Ed Podcast. It's how I get to help more people. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you next time.